You're listening to my dad's podcast. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on ronandonradio.com. Every time now, it's the Ron and Don Show, episode 26, and you're saying to yourself, why am I getting a show on a Friday? It's thanks to Les Schwab. They heard your plea. Now you got three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show every week now. It's on Wednesday. It's on Thursday on Friday. And the show has become so popular. Les Schwab jumped in. They said, hey, we want to buy this thing. We want to help support you. Because uh, they were great supporters of our own Terrestrial Radio. And then we want to help support them. Because they have some big things coming up for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Where they're going to raise lots of money. And also... We're going to collect lots of food and lots of toys for kids. So stay tuned. And again, our thanks to Rich and everybody and Les Schwab for being partners here on the Ron and Don Show and the Ron and Don Radio Network. I want to ask you this, and I don't have any idea what your take is going to be, so I'm going to find it interesting. Because you have a, you have a tremendous work ethic. Uh, you are a guy that you get up very early. You've never needed a lot of sleep. Uh, you work very, very hard. It's been something that I, I admire about you ever since we were little kids. And oh, you thanks. joke about it sometimes, but um, you just always, whatever the thing is, when you're all in, man, you work. no one's going to outwork you. And so I, I was interested in this. Microsoft, of course, here at Pacific Northwest Company, they tried an experiment not here in the Redmond campus, but in their uh, campuses in Japan. In, in Japan, there is this culture. There's actually a word for it, and I won't try to butcher the word in Japanese. There's a word for the concept of someone that works themselves to death. Mm. And it was exemplified. There was a, a Japanese broadcaster who died. He, uh, this, the employer said that she clocked 159 hours of overtime, just overtime hours, so above and beyond the 40-hour work week, 159 overtime hours in the month before uh, she died. And so they have this thing it's almost a badge of honor so what microsoft did is they went in and they said okay we're gonna do this across all of the microsoft japan campuses as an experiment and we're gonna see what happens you can only work four days a week and so we're gonna be closed on friday don't even bother coming in you don't get extra credit if you send an email and the signature's on a Friday. We're locking the doors. We're shutting it down. You cannot come in and work. Because some of you are like, oh, I, I get what's going on. You want to see that my email actually says sent on Friday, even though we're closing. They're like, no, this is not hijinks. We don't want you to like be, you know, 1159 midnight on Friday and that you're working and everybody else is not working. Like, that's not what it is. We really want you to just work Monday through thursday and we're going to keep track of productivity we're going to keep track of what these offices do countrywide mm. uh, and we're going to do this experiment and they said not only that we want we're encouraging you to enjoy your life microsoft is a company we don't want you to work yourself to death we don't want you to sacrifice so much that you're not hanging out with your friends, you're not seeing your kids, you're not going to, the, to ball games or to doing whatever your hobbies are. So uh, A, don't come in on Fridays. We're not tracking it. B, go actively enjoy your life. And so they set up some programs and assistance. It's a very Japanese thing, but we needed to get into that. I don't know if you read the story or not. What do you think happened to productivity? when? So Microsoft lost a work day. Yeah. In, across the entire country, what do you think happened to productivity? I'm going to guess productivity. At least you, this did, is what did I Did you read believe. the story? Yeah, I did. Okay, so you're... I did. Okay. But I'm going to guess what did you think as before if you I read didn't. It? All right, I before I read, No, before I read the story? Yeah. I guessed the same. I guessed, I guessed that productivity would have gone through the roof because now you have, you're going to perceive 
that you have less time to do the same things or even more things. And you know what they say about busy people. If you want to get something, if I really want to get something done, I go to my friend Joe. You know Joe. We just met with him this morning. The reason I go to my friend Joe is because he has so many other things going on. He has so many things going on uh, that he is able to prioritize things and make sure that if something needs to get done for you and it's a priority of yours, he will somehow figure out a way to either do it for you or help you do it together or teach you how to do that, to give you that skill of, hey, I'm not going to fish for you, but here's a way. And that's why he's, he's one of my great mentors because when I look at what he is able to do each and every day, he power packs things into his day, but at the same time, he can get on a plane. He has a place in Hawaii. He'll go to Hawaii, and he'll travel. He's going to Morocco for Christmas, coming nice. up with his family. So he does a real good job. We always hear working hard, playing hard. A lot of times when you work hard, you don't play hard because you're exhausted. Or I think of some first responders I know that are police officers. They will take time off. And the time that they take off, they then will go and work an off-duty job. And then they'll come back to work and end up not taking any time off. And if anybody needs to take time off, just mentally, a mental breaker to get more sleep, and there's a lot of uh, science behind this, it would, be, it would be first responders. So the Work-Life Microsoft Choice Challenge in Japan, uh, measured by sales per employee, saw a 40% rise wow. in productivity. I didn't, I didn't think it would be that I didn't, It was 40%. That's incredible. And so could you... Could you even do that? If I said to you, Don, you're only going to work, you cannot, you're, you can only work four days. You're going to work four days. It, it, you pick the four days, then you have to take three days and not do work on those days. You know, I wish I could do that, but I think just being in the real estate business and then also if you own any rentals and also with this podcast and we have advertisers uh, and then we have a lot of people in the real estate business that are in different parts of that journey. So sometimes they just want to call and they want to talk about that. You might have a lender. Uh, you could have a bank, maybe a landscaper. You're trying to tune up a house. So you have to be you have to be available. And I will say, I will say when I take time off, I get that guilt. I, and I don't think you do. Like when we travel together, you do a real good job of disconnecting and living in the moment and enjoying yourself. And a lot of times I sit there and I think of all the things that I'm not doing. What has helped me a lot, though, what has helped me a lot is being a father. Because being a father puts you, whether you like it or not, if you're committed to it, which I am, or being a mother, being a single parent, or being a co-parent, it puts you on a journey each and every week of ha- having to plan things out. And as you have to plan things out, then you also have to plan your work life around that. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are parents, and you you know uh, what I'm talking about. So why is that? Why can you, because you have a great, great work ethic too. You're always there early. You'll always stay late. You're always in it with people. And I can see that as you're helping people in different parts uh, the real estate journey, you don't let things fall through the cracks. Ron Upshaw does not. They, if, if, if someone says, hey, Ron, uh, let's go on a trip together to Italy, good luck planning that trip because Ron will have it all planned out in an hour. Or if they say, hey, Ron, I got a house up in Ballard I want to sell, but I need to do this, 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 and, and then boom, it's done. The house is for sale, and usually it's gone in three to four days because you tune that bad boy up so well. So. What is that in you, though, where you can disconnect and not feel guilty? About? Well, I appreciate what you just said. It's because I know that there's that I can't do it. If I'm in a different country, 
doesn't matter. Like, I can't drive over to Ballard and tune up a house. Like, I'm on the other side of the country of the world. So it's just that. And that's what charges, that's what recharges my batteries is I'm actually planning a, a trip over the holidays because I that's the thing that just getting away, seeing a different culture, seeing other people's lives and struggles and how they live it gives me a profound sense of gratitude and it gives me energy in, in my tank. And so I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just plan on it and then i'm i'm ragged yeah. up until the day that i leave i love all the guys that that have read the four-hour work week and then they're always talking about how they've read the four-hour work week and how they and i listen to some of these real estate podcasts like bigger pockets for instance it's a really good podcast especially if you're a young investor check it out bigger pockets bigger pockets.com i think you'll like it but all these guys sit there and then they say that they're on the four-hour work week but then you hear them talk about what they do all week and it's like a 400 hour work week. Who are you trying to kid? It's the Rod and Dodd Show, now brought to you by Les Schwab. They heard your three. No. They heard your plea. That's right. They heard your plea. Now you got three. Three episodes of the Rod and Dodd Show. Only on the Rod and Dodd Radio Network. You're listening to the Rod and Show. To the Ron and Don Show. And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. Can you believe this? 37 million Americans go to bed each and every night hungry. 11 million Americans, those being children, 11 million children, they go to bed hungry too. Les Schwab is with you. They are tired of it, and that's why they've created a very special team this holiday season. And, Ron, we are going to take care of the hungry in Washington, Washington, thanks to Les Schwab, right? Yeah, I'm so excited that we teamed up with Les Schwab, and you can help out. I know a lot of us start to think about other folks at this time of year especially. Let's uh, participate in Drive Out Hunger. That's the name of the campaign, Drive Out Hunger with Les Schwab. We want to feed all those millions of folks that Don talked about. Stop by your local Les Schwab throughout Western Washington and bring in a non-perishable food item. So it can be canned foods. Don't get the sauerkraut. Nobody wants your leftover sauerkraut. Yeah. You know, when you go in the pantry, you're like, oh, this sauerkraut's been in here for six years. I'm taking, no, leave the sauerkraut there. We want the good canned no foods. No lima beans either. Lima bean, leave no. the lima beans behind. You, uh, you want uh, granola bars, bags of rice, bags of beans, the good non-perishable stuff, and bring that to your local Les Schwab by November 23rd. They have set up a cool webpage for us. You can find the one nearest you. Go to leschwab.com slash Ron and Don. Leschwab.com slash R-O-N-A-N-D-D-O-N. So find that and help drive out hunger with Ron and Don and Les Schwab. All right, how about those Seahawks on Monday Night Football? Could you believe that game? Holy Could moly. Could you believe it? The Niners. You know, you never wow. know what's going to happen when those two wow. take the field, Don. That was that, – it's everything I thought it would be and more. Now, the problem that we're having is we're taping on a Monday morning. The game hasn't happened yet, so we don't know what happened. Most of the time in Radio Land, nobody knows what happened because they're pre-recording. But congrats to the Sounders. And that's how it's done. MLS champs. What a game on Monday night. Wasn't Holy that incredible? Cow. Oh, man. Both okay. Wow. Can we do a, it's a new feature I'm making up right now on the spot. Yeah. I'm going to do lightning round with you. I have four stories that are tangential to real estate that I think you can speak to. And oh. I find them very, very interesting. All right. So don't go on forever because yeah. I have four of them. But okay. I want you to, we're going to start off with uh, New Jersey. Yeah. 
They just had an election on Tuesday, just the way we did in the mm. state of Washington. New Jersey City voters have, uh, in Jersey City, New Jersey, they rejected a plan. Airbnb threw $3 million at this local initiative. And the Jersey City voters said, we want to restrict as severely as we can people that uh, that want to do Airbnbs. And so on the one camp, you had folks that were like, hey, I either want to be have freedom to rent out part of my house. Maybe I'm an empty nester. Maybe I got a basement. I make a little extra income on that. I'm a blue-collar family. This is what I'm doing. All the way up to people that had multiple houses, and that's just what they did. It's in pretty close proximity uh, to things that people want to do, New York City, uh, football games, etc. And so, But the city said, no, we want to restrict that. Um, this There was a, a battle like this in Seattle. The Seattle one isn't as restrictive as this it's one. It's restrictive, though. Why do you think this is resonant? resonating with voters where they're like, oh, heck no, not, not in my backyard. Yeah, well, a number of things are happening here. Number one, you have people that own properties and they tune up this, these properties and then they'll rent those out on a short-term lease, let's say through an Airbnb, a little contract, you're right, for five, six days, whatever that is. I don't have a big problem with that. Uh, there are other people that go out and they rent and then they sublease and then they Airbnb. So I have a friend that has 14 different Airbnbs and what she has done is she's rented those places out. She subleases, and then she makes her money, and then she still pays the lease each and every month. And what she's had to do in Seattle now, because it's gotten pretty tough, because uh, you, you can only rent and control so many, so she's going to take that business model somewhere else. Who you have jumping in here is the hotel industry, because the hotel industry is sitting there and going, hey. I didn't know that. Uh, we are in downtown, a beautiful downtown Seattle. And we are trying to sell a $500 room. And nobody wants this $500 room because they can go out and they can buy a $500 a night house and maybe sleep 10 to 12 people in there, right? And so as a result of that, the hotel industry, there's a big pushback on that from them. And so a lot of times they'll fund this. Well, what's, here's, the, what's the here's, trend nationwide? Here's the, well, here, More restrictive here's the other thing. What, what people are concerned about is affordable housing. The reason why the city of Seattle has stepped in, they say instead of Airbnb in these places, we want to see them leased long-term. And so I think the trend will be not just in New Jersey and Seattle, all around the country, less Airbnb so there's more affordability and we can make sure there's long-term renting happen, whether the short-term rent, and we're also making sure that hotels and the hotel motel industry isn't shuttering their doors. Because the bottom line, you don't stay in that hotel, then you don't go downstairs, you don't go to Nordstrom's if you're downtown. It, it, it affects everyone, especially in those shopping corridors. All right, two more stories. This next one, a uh, study here uh, in U.S. home home ownership. In the first time in 37 years... Uh, in Seattle and, and around the Puget Sound area, homeowners are staying in their house three years longer than in the previous study. So it was, the average was around six or seven years uh, where you'd buy a house, stay in it for that amount of time. It has now gone up by three years. In other parts of the country, it's gone on up even more dramatically. And so there are parts of America where it's the average is 13 years. I think there's an area outside of Houston where it's over 20 years is the average length that people are staying in their homes. What do you think this trend says here specifically in our area that people are going, hey, Hey, I, I guess I'm just going to stay. I'm going to hunker down and be here longer. Well, I think so, that's a great question. I think sometimes they don't have a choice because people went in and they bought at the height, and now we've th- seen things slide a little bit. And as a result, the thing's sliding a little bit. Like I have a neighbor. He bought in at $1.2 million. 
I bought the house next door nine years earlier. It's the same exact house. Both were built in 1908. I bought mine for four and a quarter. So you have four and a quarter, 1.2. Wow. Yeah. He bought his at 1.2. He bought his at the height. Well, guess what? It's not worth 1.2. It may not even be worth one right now. It could be somewhere in the nine. So what he has decided to do, I'm going to stay in that house. And even though I'm moving away, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to place a long-term rent on it. See if I can at least get it to recover to 1.2. And who knows? Because it's Seattle. Maybe this will take off. And maybe I'll sell in 10 years when this thing is 1.9. That's one of the reasons people are hanging on. They're like, you know what? Maybe this thing recovers and it pops again, and I want to be there at 1.9 uh, uh, when it takes off again in the great Pacific Northwest. Right, well, hey, you know what? Uh, they heard your plea. Now we have three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. That's thanks to Les Schwab. Every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And don't forget, as we're heading into winter driving season, Ron, you just experienced this on one of your real estate uh, journeys. Yeah, I right? had to drive over to Chelan, or I got to drive to Chelan, and two mountain passes – if it had been snowing and icy, I would have been in trouble. So do what I'm going to do. Stop by Les Schwab when you see him. Say, uh, Tell him you're part of the Ronadon Nation. Have him check it out. Say, is my rig ready for the cold winter months? And they're going to do a, a check for you. Make sure everything is ready. And especially if you know you're going to be going over the pass, if you know you're going to go up and uh, be going snowing or snowboarding this year, go to Les Schwab. Get winter ready at Les Schwab. You can find a location near you at Les Schwab. Schwab.com slash Ron and Don. Yeah, and uh, while you stop in a Les Schwab Tire Center, do this too. Bring some food with you. A lot of times during the holidays, we're looking to help people, but we don't know how. They have it figured out at Les Schwab. They know there's 23 million Americans that go to bed every night, including 11 million children. They go to bed hungry, and so that's one of the reasons Les Schwab has teamed up. That's right. It's Drive Out Hunger and Les Schwab. They have teamed up to help make sure that every child and every adult that lives in Western Washington, that they go to bed on a full stomach. Just go to leschwab.com slash Ron and Don. That's leschwab.com forward slash Ron and Don to see how you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. Let's Schwab, let's say it together. Doing the right thing, it matters. All right, one more story, and I think you can speak to this as well. There is a trend nationwide, and I found this one in dwell.com, and it's out of San Jose, but I think it's happening here as well. Companies are sprouting up that say, we will put a mother-in-law in your backyard we're going to do it soup to nuts. It's going to be reasonably expensive. This this latest one is called Abodu. Reasonably inexpensive. Inexpensive, I mean. Yeah. Uh, they're going to say they can put a 500-square-foot place in your house, in your backyard. This is in California for 199 grand, and they, they get it done in two weeks. So they'll get there, and uh, as long and they say they've expedited the, the uh, permitting process, and they will do it for $199,000, 500 square feet, and you can even do a deal with them, depending on how you're going to use it if you're going to rent it in some of these areas that are close to tech like we are and then get three thousand dollars a month if you're right next to apple or google down there they'll even say no out-of-pocket expense to you we're going to work a deal with you on your uh, rental as you go forward two weeks time from the time we show up to the time you can hand the key off Two weeks. We're going to hook you up to solar. We're going to hook you up to your sewer and to water. And it is down the road, 199 k Will we see something like this here? Well, that's already here. And I won't even say the company because the particular company that is here, uh, the one gentleman that's a part of it took $33,000 of mine, was supposed to permit something for me, never gave it back. And you'll hear about him in a future episode. Uh, he had disappeared. And then I showed up at one of his units the other day, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, this belongs to so-and-so. I'm like, where is he? They're like, oh, he's not here. He's in Maui. 
I'm like, that's really? what he told me last time I gave him $33,000. He's supposed to permit something. Uh, he was evidently uh, in Maui. What do you know? Anyway, these companies are here. I think the big trick here is going to be whatever banking institution comes along and they figure out how they're going to finance these. Because the question is, up in Queen Anne right now, there's a little cabin that was just built in a backyard, uh, and it's just under 800 square feet, just under 800 square feet. And it's one of these day dues that we're talking about. He was able to condo it and sell off, sell off the day due in the backyard. What do you think he sold the day due for at the top of Queen Anne? 800 square feet? Yeah. At least 500000 $700,000 just sold that for. So the interesting thing is people are going to build these backyard cabins for $200,000. You think you're going to get affordable housing, but sometimes you can go in and you can subdivide and you can split that lot. And now you have a separate home to sell. It's not affordable housing if the little shed you just built is seven hundred thousand dollars. Someone just paid. But for. we're going to see this hunt two hundred grand and less, maybe to get a. a you see it here now. What that doesn't include is a lot of the permitting. It'll be up to the city how much it's going to cost to permit because you have to do geo work where you have to jump into the soil. Uh, you got to connect to sewer. If you live in, a, live in a slide area, which most of us don't, even if it's ladder than a pancake, the city will tell you you live in a slide area. You'll have to come out do a feasibility study. So it really depends upon how easy the city wants to make this and yeah at the end of the day you have a unit that's in your backyard that's gonna have to pump sewage all the way to the sewer line that's either probably out in front of your house out in the alley or they're gonna have to tap into the house next to you or to your house's line so if the city wants to make it easier then so be it but it hasn't been easy so far i just permitted one of these a couple years ago it was next to impossible i have someone in the neighborhood though that i live in that just permitted one of these and they said they're able to get it done in less than a month which is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. As uh, Larry David would say, right? As it says in Ron's bath. You like that? Yeah. He's Ron. I'm Don. Don't forget, if you're on that real estate journey, we'd love to help you, wouldn't we, Ron? Yeah, it's a Ron and Don sit-down. Contact me, Ron, at windermere.com. Don is Don O'Neill at windermere.com. We'll sit down. We'll have a mediocre cup of coffee and hopefully a better conversation about what's going on with you. Yeah, I'd love to sit down with you anywhere you are on that real estate journey, buying, selling, investing. If you're thinking about real estate, just think Ron and Don and ronanddon.com. All right, send us an email, and uh, we'll put together a sit-down like we just did with uh, Caitlin. All right, keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we'll see you next week. And again, our thanks to Les Schwab. They heard your plea. Now you got three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hit that subscribe button only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don are licensed real estate brokers with Windermere Midtown. Are you ready to buy or sell a home? Yeah, call my dad or his best friend, Ron. You should see them at an open house. They're hilarious.